The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Every week on this show, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and hopefully have a bit of fun as we study the words of the men and women God has called to direct His church in these, the latter days. This is episode number three. I'm Shelby Stanfield, and today I am joined by my co-host, Chanel. Hi, glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here too. So we have a new voice here, and today we'll be talking about uh, Sister Bonnie H. Corden, Young Woman General President, a talk from conference called Come Unto Christ and Don't Come Alone. So we're excited. And Chanel's a new voice on the podcast. So Chanel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? All right. Well, my name's Chanel Nielsen. I have, I'm new to this podcast, but I'm not new to podcasting. So um I have been in the podcast world before. You may have heard me on Moms Who Know podcast. That's my the podcast that I did the longest. And I am in an LDS podcasters group, and Matthew had suggested this idea. And I love conference so much. Like I I always joke it's my favorite holiday, and it really, it really is. I'm better at it. We just passed Halloween. I am better at conference than I am at celebrating Halloween. I don't get excited about the costumes or the candy, but like conference, we do more treats, we do more games. I just I really want it to be an experience for my kids. And besides just the fun part of it, I just love it. Like that, being in that environment, like all weekend, listening to the leaders of the church, feeling the spirit, I, I'm i just all for it. So when I heard that he was doing this podcast on conference, I was like, okay, that is something I can get behind. So I thought that was really fun. A little about me, I have five kids. I'm married to my very tall husband. He's six foot 10, um, kind of a giant. All my kids are also <laughs> quite tall. And we live in Southern California. Um, I am a life coach and I specifically work with moms to help them to find balance between their personal goals and their family lives. So that's me. How fun. So out of curiosity, how tall are you if your husband's 6'10"? Yeah, I'm 5'7". I, I get to wear okay. all the heels I want. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, how fun. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. And I'm just really glad Matthew found us through just – he just Googled conference talk because it was something Kevin and I had already started. And so we were so happy when there were other people out there like you that wanted to do it because it is – it's so fun. It's so fun to do and talk about conference. Yeah. So. Actually, that is the coolest thing, how he found you, because, you know, did I don't did you share this story last time when you and Matthew were on? Yeah, we shared a little bit of it. Yeah. 
That is just so cool. If you listeners have not, go back and listen to that last episode because there's definitely some divine intervention going on here. And to get connected with other people who just want to talk about the Lord, talk about the gospel, be involved in this work, and to know that the Lord is mindful that people need it. Um, is pretty cool to see his hand at work there. I love it because I think it actually comes right into Sister Bonnie H. Corden's talk. Um, the title of it is Come Unto Christ and Don't Come Alone. So I think this is a way that we can come into Christ and not do it alone. We can do it together. Um, and so her talk really, just in summary, uh, the little summary heading, it says, the best, fa- best way for you to improve the world is to prepare the world for Christ by inviting all to follow him. So I loved this talk, really short and simple, but I felt like she did a really good job at just keeping it like what President Nelson had said in the very beginning, pure truth, doctrine, and of course, receiving pure revelation as you listen. So one of my favorite parts of the talk, I guess we can start there was the very beginning when she tells the story about President Nelson um, calling her as the young woman's general president, which, my goodness, I don't know how I would handle that. (laughs) And he leans over and he asks her the question, Bonnie, what's the most important thing the youth need to know? And she ponders and says they need to know who they are. And that really hit me as I listened to it Um, because I do believe and I have a background in uh, social work and psychology and I took a class at BYU-Idaho once where it was psychology 201. It was like developmental psych or something. And I just remember the teacher said, when we know who we are as children of God, everything expounds from that. And that's where I was taken back to was, my goodness, the the younger that we know who we are and can find our purpose and our identity, the more impact we can have in inviting others to follow Jesus Christ. And so I just love that first little part of the talk, just knowing who we are and who they are, right? Acknowledging that in them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so good. And as you were talking, I was reminded of a talk from the previous conference in April, and I can't remember who said it, but there was a brother that talked about about our identity, knowing who we are, and knowing our pre-mortal identity as people of faith, that we didn't just start. I want to say it was uh, Brother Corbett, Ahmed Corbett from the um, Young Men's Presidency. We didn't just start with this identity here on earth, that we had this pre-mortal identity and that our identity, who we are, we are women of faith. He was talking to the the men and they were men of faith, but we are women of faith. And we had that. We chose Christ long before we came here. And so sometimes we get confused about, you know, so many people today are struggling with faith crises. They're struggling with, you know, these things. And yet who we are, we are connected to him already. Like we are, we are children of God who trust in him, who chose him. Like that is actually part of our identity, which is so cool to think about. 
I love thinking about that. And that's that's where she begins her talk. She she says, you are a cherished, beloved child of Heavenly Father. And she said, remembering this love can push you back to the, or can help you push back the confusion of the world that tries to weaken your confidence and your divine identity and blind you of your potential. I just think living in today's world, there's so many messages that can distract us and blind us from who we're meant to be, who God wants us to become. And when we remember what she just said, when we remember that love of God and we remember who we are, it just makes all the difference in the confusion. I'm the oldest of four girls, and so I am the oldest sister, and I have um, younger sisters, and they um, sometimes will just call me and they'll be like, I just don't know what to do with my life because they're in that phase where they're trying to figure out, like, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? And I just put myself back in in their shoes where I was um, back in the time trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And one of the biggest things that give me strength or continues to give me strength, to be honest with you, as I continue to grow older, <laughs> is just knowing that Heavenly Father has a plan for me and He has a purpose. And when we know that and we work on that relationship with Him, we begin to know our purpose, right? We begin to know what we what the next steps are. And they come slowly but surely. Sometimes they may all come at once, but for me, it was definitely slowly but surely. And so I've been telling my sisters, I'm like, it's okay. You're right at the age where you're just figuring it out slowly but surely. You know, that that youth age, more that young single adult age. And sh- and I know this talk was was directed to the youth, but we can learn from it as adults even. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I love that. Definitely. So side note, I am also the oldest in my family and I have uh, four sisters and three brothers. So there's eight of us all together. But um, yeah, it's fun. So I I love what you say about purpose. And I really think um, when we talk about purpose, you know, one of the things that I did that I've done in my online career is a summit on purpose. And we I did a thing called the Purpose Project and we had 30 different speakers come in and talk about finding your purpose. And it was an awesome event. It was really interesting to hear people's take on purpose. It's something that everyone is searching for. You want this. And in fact, that's how Sister Corden began her talk. She she had received a letter from a young woman who said, I'm stuck. I'm not sure who I am, but I feel I'm here for something grand. And Sister Corden refers to it as that searching feeling, which I, I love the that phrase because I think that it's so relatable. We feel that searching feeling. It's like we know we're supposed to do something and we're not always sure what. And I think the advice that you gave your sisters is so, so good. It's just like, keep moving forward, keep praying, keep trusting. The Lord is leading you along just a little bit at a time. And sometimes, you know, for me, when I started um, podcasting and that was when I really stepped into my own like my own business, I guess. Before that, I had done some things. I've published some books. I've done whatever. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. And then when I stepped into podcasting, this is it. I really felt led to do that. Um, And what I'm discovering, the older I get, this comes with wisdom, is that I don't think that there is one 
purpose. There's an overarching purpose, and and that's really the title of this talk, Come Unto Christ. That's the overarching purpose. But sometimes I almost feel like in the world, we think that I've got to find this one thing. There's a book called The Alchemist. Maybe you've read it. It talks about this guy who goes on, he's going on a journey and he's trying to find his destiny. And we can kind of see ourselves in this journey. It was this international bestseller because we like, oh, I want that. I want to go find my destiny, right? I want to find my purpose. And yet I think that the truth is the Lord has a purpose for us that doesn't necessarily wrap up in a neat little you know, package that's like, oh, this is your destiny. The purpose is go through this hard thing and do this hard thing and try this and fail at this and do all these things. And ultimately, that's what's going to help you become the person you need to become, which will bring you back to the Savior. And I think all along the way, there's little little purposes. There's little things that we need to do, little tasks that the Lord asks us to do that will help us grow into that person. Yeah, I love that. And I think – so right now I'm uh, taking an institute class and it is called The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. And it's um, Elder Anderson, Neil L. Anderson's new book that is out and I highly recommend it for anyone to read. It's it's been amazing. And when you were talking and you're talking, we're saying about these little things that we go through um, to help us get to where we need to be. Um, I think one of those things is repenting daily and coming unto Christ. That is the one of the biggest ways that we can come unto him. And in context of her talk, she told, I don't know if you remember this story, but about her, it was her grandson, I believe, getting entangled in the soccer web or the soccer net. And he was supposed to be the goalie who's supposed to be guarding, um, you know, from the other team not scoring, but he lost sight of that purpose or that vision and became entangled in the net. And they were just the cutest pictures when they popped up. Um, but that's something that Satan does is he distracts us from our purpose. And the one way, as you were talking and you were sharing, I just thought the one way that we can really turn back to Christ and correct those little mishaps we may have or little detours is to just repent and and start to change our behavior and realize that we can only do that through Jesus Christ. It's not through our own willpower. It's through Him. We can change behavior, but it's important to include the Savior in that change of behavior to change our heart and to give ourselves over to Him completely and wholly, like what Jeffrey R. Holland had mentioned um, in his talk. And there is just so many, as I was reading this talk, there was so many pure truths and doctrine that she spoke. They were just all over this talk. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them was about... Satan's tactic. She she said one of Satan's most powerful weapons is to distract us with good and better causes, which in times of need may blind and bind us away from the best cause, the very work that called us into the world. So to help others come into Christ. She's one of my favorite speakers, if you can't tell, but <laughs> I just love the way she puts <laughs> She's things. so good. She really is. Yeah. And I I I love her. And right now I'm actually in Young Woman's presidency. 
So we had a training by her and I was just like fangirling on Zoom. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> let me answer your questions. <laughs> but That's really, so fun. She, she just talks about that and shares that truth that Satan will try to distract us and get us entangled in a net if he can. But through our Savior, we know we can stay focused on our purpose and our mission and remember who we are and what we need to do and how we need to move forward. So. Yeah. Another truth that stood out to me is she said, the best way for you to improve the world is to prepare the world for Christ by inviting all to follow him. And I just, what a great message for for all of us, but for the youth, because we live in this social media world where it's like, it matters how you appear. It matters how you show up and how many likes and follows you get and all these things. And we think it's almost so easy to believe that, oh, my my way to improve the world is I'm going to go out and have a talk show or I'm going to be famous on Instagram or an influencer or whatever, when really she says it's the best way to improve the world. And this was the little highlight they used at the beginning, is to prepare the world for Christ. And I think that for me, when I hear something like that, sometimes I get caught up in like, okay, I need to go, you know, on a soapbox on a corner. I need to hurry and get these kids out of the house so I can go on another mission. I I need to do something big. And later on in the talk, she shares an example of um, a 15-year-old girl who had a goal to read five verses of scripture at breakfast each day. And she invited her parents and her siblings. And she said, basically, that counts. And to me, that's just like this ah, sigh of relief. Like that counts. You're doing it. In your home, what you're doing counts. And specifically, she's saying to teenagers, bring your parents in. That's so cool. I love that message. I mean, when my teenagers teach me things that they've learned in seminary or in their personal study, like that is powerful for me as a parent to hear that. I love that. And so the best thing that we can do is invite others to follow Christ. So I think that's just such a cool part of her message and that we are improving the world when we do it. We really are. And it's something that there was something that she said, or President Nelson, she requoted President Nelson, um, where, and I can't find it. I've got it right here. Do you want me to read it? Yes. Anytime we do anything that helps anyone make and keep their covenants with God, we are helping to gather Israel. I loved that because it's so simple. Um, One thing that I do on the side is I actually health coach people. I do believe by helping people improve their health and their mental health or their physical health, whatever it is, that's helping them come closer to Christ. And so it can be something so simple that might not even be necessarily gospel related, but it is a core truth of a gospel principle found in there that as we do take care of our bodies, we we feel a little bit better, right? And we can receive more promptings from the spirit and we increase our confidence. And so I just think about those little things that we do that might not even be necessarily church related, but we just kind of, as we live our lives and do go about doing good more good comes, right? (laughs) And so. Yeah. Well, it's such a good point because it's easy to think like, okay, we're doing the conference talk podcast. Like this counts, this counts. But when I'm out um, building a business or, you know, 
helping my kids with their homework. Those things aren't directly, like you said, they're not directly bringing others to Christ. And yet we're serving, we're doing things with love and with the spirit. And we're if we're doing what we're asked to do, then it all counts. Those things are helping others come to Christ. They are helping to gather Israel because our kids need to be educated. And in the example of homework, our kids need to be educated so they can do their best work in the world or people need to be in the most health you know, healthy bodies they can so that they can go out and do the work they need to do. And so it all counts, which is, again, that sigh of relief, like that feels good. Okay, I'm doing it. It it works. It's true. And I think I, I had an experience when I was a teenager with one of my um, – one of my very good friends now. I wasn't a very good friend with her at first because uh, I didn't even know that she knew who I was. <laughs> but she came up to me um, when I was about 15 years old and she said – she like dropped her books on the table in biology and she goes, Shelby, why are you so happy? And I said, I don't I don't know. Like I didn't know how to approach her. I'm like, I, I'm not sure. And she goes, I know why. And I said, why? (laughs) Like, I was very intrigued by (laughs) this whole process. And she goes, I know that you're a Mormon at the time, you know, we were referred to as Mormons. We could say that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, oh, yeah, I am. And she goes, I want to go to your church. And I said, okay. And so she came to my church um, and or our church, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she was baptized not even a month later. And wow. come to find out her mom was also a less active member of the church and had been baptized here years previous. And so just going about doing good, it, it counts, right? Like you were saying, and I just love that. And it brings me back to that experience that you just never know what – good you're doing and what it can lead to eventually because yeah. everything good comes of Christ. So eventually it does lead to helping others come into Christ. And I just, I love that whole concept that it can form into a gospel discussion eventually. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, I love that experience. That is so cool. It was really fun. The one thing I did, she extended an invitation it was when she was talking about this story about the 15-year-old who wanted to read five verses of scripture at breakfast each day. She said, this invitation, which the invitation was Christ's teaching saying, bring them hither. That invitation from the Lord is still extended today. Young women and young men, start now. And I just love that she said, start now. <laughs> she didn't say, wait till the end of conference or, you know, whatever it was. She said, start right now. What can you do right now in your own home to help invite your family to come into Christ? And then from there, I'm sure the Lord will inspire and and guide everyone to then do it to our friends and our neighbors and our extended family. So, but I just love the urgency. Start now. Don't wait. Just start right now. (laughs) Because even President Nelson in the very beginning address said, if you haven't already prayed for what the Spirit needs to teach you this weekend, do it right now. <laughs> Don't wait. Yeah. Just start right now. So I love the urgency behind that invitation still. It's so interesting. You know, as we get closer and closer to the second coming, there is just this feeling of this sense of urgency. And as a mom of teenagers, so I don't think I shared. So my kids are 18. I have three teens, a preteen, and a five-year-old. 
So um, as a mom of teenagers, to see the things that they're up against, it is no wonder that the prophets, our leaders are telling us to do this now. Like there is no time to delay. There's so much pull from the world. It's just so constant and they need to really do everything they can. And for that matter, so do we. I wanted to share this quote. She quoted a talk. um, She quoted President Nelson. And um, I went and I read the talk that this came from. I guess it came from a book, and he also gave a similar devotional at BYU-Idaho called Accomplishing the Impossible. And he said, the Lord needs you to change the world. As you accept and follow his will for you, you will find yourself accomplishing the impossible. And that quote goes on and it talks about, um, the, the talk is about how the Lord uses the unlikely to accomplish the impossible. And he gives several examples of people who you never thought would have been able to do these things, right? David was the youngest. He, he didn't, you know, have all the strength and he fought off Goliath. And um, he gives an example of his own life when he was called as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles to open Eastern Europe. And the doors that opened for him just, they wouldn't let anyone in religious. However, they let him in because he had been there as a visiting physician many years before and done lectures. And the Lord just has things in mind for us that we can't even imagine, and He'll use us to accomplish the impossible. And I think just going along with you know what you were saying about the youth just needing to understand that they don't have to do it on their own, that this is the Savior's work, and He'll use them for something grand, like Sister Corden says, he'll use them to do this thing even though they don't have all the skills. And this is back to your point. The Lord makes up the difference. He's going to do what needs to be done if we're just there and willing to do our part. Yeah, he will definitely use us. And I love her her ending. She said, yes, you are here for something grand. And, and then she says, I joined with President Nelson who said, The Lord needs you to change the world, which if you think about it, my goodness, that would be a really big task to do all by yourself. So no wonder she wants us and Heavenly Father wants us to bring others with us. And she says, as you accept and follow his will for you, you will find yourself accomplishing the impossible. And you just provided like a wonderful example of President Nelson and that talk. I'll have to go read it because it sounds sounds like a really good talk. So good. (laughs) So Well, any closing thoughts before we end it out here? (laughs) You know, I just have one suggestion for people as they're studying this talk. I loved this talk, but as I was studying it, I don't always do this, but I read all the footnotes, all the scriptures. They all pointed to Christ. I read something in the New Testament that I, has it been there before? I don't know. I had never read it before. Um, it, It never struck me in that way before. And the scriptures and the talks, that she referenced were as powerful for me as this talk. And so um, just wanted to throw that out there because there's so much good stuff in there. Perfect. I'll have to do that. I didn't do that. So maybe I'll do that with the next one too. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. 
If you like this episode, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and share us with a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to read the talk we discussed today, find the resources we've mentioned in the show notes, send us a message, or follow us on social media. You can do all that on our website, conferencetalk.org. Big thank you to my co-host Chanel for hopping on the mics with me. Where can they follow you at, Chanel? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. And how about you, Shelby? Where can they follow you? ChristCenterConversations.org. And that's also on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you next week with another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast.